Hello, um, I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I am joined by friend of the show, Tonya Todd, to promote her new podcast that's going to be going on for this week and to talk about the Banned Books Week, spanning from September 18th to 24th. So as I just described in the name of this episode, it is all focusing on books that have been banned. More specifically, Tonya wanted to talk about her new podcast that's going to be launching. It's only going to be seven episodes for the time being, potentially next year she's going to do another batch. But she spoke to a variety of different people about seven books that have been banned in for various reasons across the world for different reasons. So this is kind of a, a prelude, a predecessor to that to try and pique some interest in her upcoming podcast and talk about why she decided to do it, why books got banned in the first place, and we generally talk about our opinions on censorship, offence, the freedom to read, that sort of thing. So I will say, as always, links are in the description to anything that we spoke about, so make sure you check those out. And also, at the moment, I am just getting over a cold, and in this conversation you can hear, I have a cold. I managed to edit out pretty much all of the sniffs, coughs, and horrible noises that I was making during this recording, but you may be able to hear that my nose is a bit blocked up, so I don't sound the best. But that's going to be enough from me here at the start, my friends. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and I'll be back at the end to give yourselves more information on what's coming up and other bits and pieces. But always check out the show notes, give Tonya Todd all the love in the world on social media, and check out her shows, and I'll talk to you very soon. So, here is my conversation with Tonya Todd about Banned Books Week. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people, and I'm your host, Mike Burton. And here we are for another episode of Genuine Chit Chat with the amazing Tonya Todd. I don't really need to introduce her because she's been on the show so many times. In fact, I think she has the record for the quickest return on Genuine Chit Chat after her debut appearance. So you don't even need an excuse to come on the show anymore. But there is one because Tonya felt like her life wasn't busy enough with her being... (laughs) you know, an actor as well as a screenwriter and a teacher as well as having the Ms. Marvel podcast she was doing and the She-Hulk podcast that she's been doing as well. She decided she needs even more time to just spend on podcasting, not guesting on other people's shows. So, Tonya, (laughs) why don't you tell everyone, why do you like making yourself suffer? (laughs) That's a whole other conversation that we were having before this. So I'm not going to ask that question. Yeah, that is a different conversation. But with your podcast that you're launching, that's uh, the day this comes out, will be the start of the event. So when this launches, your first episode should be out. So please tell everyone about what your newest project is. So it actually started before I became the host for the She-Hill Conversations. And what I'm doing is celebrating people's right to read with banned book conversations. So September 18th through 24th is Banned Books Week here. I think it might be the same week for you in the UK as well. Maybe. And what I'm doing is I'm bringing in different panels of people to read seven different banned books. They're going to be posted to YouTube every day of Banned Books Week. And we're pretty much just discussing the the different banned books, the reasons that they're banned, book banning in general. And then why we think people should read banned books. And Megan was one of my star guests. Yes, and I haven't even heard that episode. So Megan went off and did a podcast and I have no idea. I knew (laughs) vaguely about it and she told me somewhat how it went. Uh, But Megan doesn't have... Megan views herself quite uh, lower than everyone else sees her. You know, she's an incredible individual and she's always like, why do people want me to 
come on these podcasts with you, Mike. Why does everyone always want me to be on these shows? And I'm like, because you're really insightful. You've got a lot of interesting things to say. Right. And then afterwards, she was like, oh, I feel like everyone else was way smarter than me. And I was like, don't you? You, you weren't. No way. She was the teacher present on our conversation. Exactly. It was like even when uh, myself and Megan did the uh, film on a film about uh, Marie Antoinette. She was like schooling us about the French Revolution. And I was like, I didn't even. I knew there was a French Revolution. She was like, oh, well, actually, there were several. I was like, see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just, I know a little bit about everything, which really means I don't really know that much. Whereas Megan has like certain things she knows almost nothing about. But when she knows about stuff, she knows a lot. Uh, so we've, it's we've, one of the things that I enjoy your afterthoughts conversations because listening to her, I get to hear you all the time. And it's not that I don't love that, but I get to hear her perspective. And she's kind of snarky and she's funny and she's witty and she doesn't hold back when it's just the two of you. Yeah, yeah, she does. It's it's quite entertaining because often she'll be like, oh, I can't really be bothered to do a podcast. And I'm like, okay, we'll make it a short one. And then it ends up being like half an hour, 40 minutes long. Like we <laughs> we recently recorded um, uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. So the last of our Harry Potter watch. It's meant to only be 10 minutes. It's recorded at 28 minutes. So, and she was, she talks for the majority of the time. And it's quite bizarre. Well, she's very passionate about Harry Potter. And that happens to be the book that we did. It is. It was a, a nice little segue there. So why don't you tell us about these these seven books, uh, the band books in particular, and was there was there a list you found online that just had every band book? How did you decide these? Were they books you'd already read? Like, What was the decision to choose these seven in particular of interest? I, I had a combination of things. First, when I had the seed of an idea much earlier in the year, it was you know, part of being an activist is being active in my advocacy. So I need to do something. I I had just come off of a film. You know, I wasn't doing my 52 Love podcast anymore. And I, I had been working on several writing projects. It's like, okay, well, you know, I have the author, I have the actress parts of my life going, but I'm also an activist and I need to be doing something toward that right now. So... I thought about banned books and promoting anti-censorship, basically. So I posted something online and just, you know, just a little teaser asking who reads banned books and which ones do you read and why do you read them, which was partially me getting ideas for which books to cover, but also seeing who might be interested in being a guest. You know, nobody knew what I was doing yet, but depending on the responses, these are going to be the pool of people I asked to be on the show. And I received some really great ideas. I'm so glad that I did it this way, because if I had just gone to a list or maybe the ones that come to my mind, I wouldn't have read so many new books, probably. And so I contacted the different people. Like a few of them, the people's responses were so passionate. It was like, all right, yeah, I'm definitely doing this one. You know, they'll say, there's this book and this book and this book. They're just answering the question of what recommendations I might have. And then they go on this like little rant about a specific book. Like, all right, well, that's the one you're doing. You know? <laughs> and you'll have to watch the series to see who's who those are because it comes up during the conversations. But ultimately, I ended up with Stamped Racism, Anti-Racism and You, Beloved by Toni Morrison, Gender Queer, Front Desk, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or the Sorcerer's Stone, depending it, on uh, where you live. Nope, Philosopher's <laughs> Only, Sorcerer's Stone. They don't even call it that in the bloody book, do they? they do they call it the Philosopher's <laughs> Stone in the book, in the American version? I believe so. There we go. 
stupidity. Yeah, I don't. I I did look up why they changed it, and they didn't think that people would be inter like kids would be interested in a philosopher's stone. Like, I really don't see anyone interested in this type of book being like, you know what though, it says philosopher. I know it's madness. It's just like oh, give children stone. some credit. Yeah, the sorcerer stone is like well, I mean, te- I think Nicholas Flamel was not really even a sorcerer. He was a he was a noted alchemist. So actually, it should be the alchemist stone. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Yeah, so let's go sad. on that tangent, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last two books are the absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian, which I always say wrong, which is why I have to look at it when I'm saying it. And then, of course, the classic 1984, which Tony and Jack of Comics in Motion came to discuss. They were very. They were two who were extremely passionate about it. And they were awesome guys for that show. Teachers, you know. It's funny because I haven't even heard of any of those books apart from Harry Potter and 1984. You know, I, I've I've seen the movie of 1984, which I know a lot of people don't like, and I was one of those people. I watched it knowing the general context. I was like, this movie is not good. It is freely boring and goes nowhere. You've else. never heard of Beloved? No. Wow. So well, I word. recommend you read it. I've heard the word <laughs> Beloved. I haven't heard any i've not consumed any content that's called beloved have you heard of tony morrison i know the surname morrison but i know that that's connected with so many other famous individuals that like jim morrison yes that's one of them we also have a supermarket over here called morrison's so that doesn't help but yeah i I, the thing is i'm here to enlighten you mike that's why i've got you to read tony morrison i mean you and tony especially which entertains me greatly because your name is almost like the the feminine version of Tony or Tony right, version of Tonya, however you want to play it. Um, but it's quite funny that you two are such massive readers and things. Uh, probably two of the most, uh, I'd say obviously as comics emotion has expanded things, we've got individuals such as mm-hmm. Ada on there who I've watched recently, people like Alison Shelton, etc., that have kind of come into genuine chit chat before both guests element. on my show. Boom. <laughs> Uh, I knew that. I, d- I didn't know that. But, you know, people like that who are very well-read, you know, with you and Tony, you're two of the most well-read individuals I know. And I, I've i read a fair few books, but I've not read any classics at all. Like, I think I've read wow. A Mice and Men, uh, and that was due to school, and I thought it was all right. Uh, and then I think that's really it. I really don't read much classic literature. And the problem is, I this was my excuse, and I'm sticking by it. There's so much Star Wars to read. <laughs> I'm just like, like I only, it took me, you know, I only listened to the audiobook of Sense and Sensibility three or four months ago. I've never consumed any Jane Austen content of any kind. I've never seen a movie. I haven't even seen Clueless, wow. which I think is either a Jane Austen or a Shakespeare. Uh, it's adaptation. Emma. Yeah. I've got the Emma movie with uh, Anya Taylor Joy on Netflix flagged to watch, but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, it was what's the uh, Little Women. I only watched that f- first time the other day and Megan said I had to watch it because I've been watching Friends all the way through and there's a point in that where Joey reads oh yes and it's a spoiler and she was like you have yes. to watch Little Women before you get to the episode and I was like okay so we watched Little Women great film I can barely see how much anything. she loves you she protects you from the spoilers yeah but think about how many spoilers I protect you from now I'm like your uh, oh I know the knight I have to be I get people <laughs> giving me the uh in certain in in the Discord, I know people get agitated by me being like, "This is kind of a spoiler." People are like, "Is it really a spoiler?" And I'm like, "I know that there are certain individuals, mainly Tonya, who will not have seen this." So yes, it is a spoiler. I mean, I found with Law uh, Thor: Love and Thunder the fact they have Jane Foster on every fucking poster, and I'm apart from one, and I was like, "What? Why are you having all these things? You just 
you know, not just Jane Foster either, like her in full Thor gear. And you're like, well, you're just right. ruined immediately. The first half hour of the film is just obvious. So, you know, I've I've tried. Um, but yeah, I've not read really any uh, classic literature. That's one of the main places that I am very, very inept in. I just know very little about that kind of thing. Well, I do recommend Toni Morrison just because it's beautiful literature. Not for the reasons it was banned, but that too. I think that the, you know, these are banned for all different reasons. And that was one of one of the particulars that helped me choose between all of the recommendations that I had is I wanted to have a variety of reasons that they were banned and different styles of authors and different years that they were written and different genres. So I ended up with a graphic memoir, which is, you know, like a graphic novel, but it's a memoir told in graphic novel style, which was a surprise to me. I had chosen it before I even realized that part, but it was a bonus. I ended up, you know, with 1984 as a classic, stamped as a nonfiction book that deals with racism in America. And Dave was actually on that show. And he said, you know, I'm not sure I'm the right person for this book, but it opened up a discourse that crossed the globe. So I think that he was the perfect person for it. And he had wonderful insights about it. I think he actually read it twice in preparation for it, maybe more. Like, it's not that long of a book, but I so far I haven't been disappointed with a single person who is on the show. They've all brought unique perspectives and it opens up a conversation between different types of people. I will say that I, I presumed that everyone was going to have the same opinions on things because of the circle with which I run. You know, you expect that people are going to have a similar mindset, but we didn't all have the same mindset. There, there was some discussion and disagreement about whether any book should ever be banned and what the reasons should be. And I think it's important for us to have those conversations. So I'm glad that we didn't. It wasn't just a, a group of people saying, yes, I agree with you. Good job. I agree with you, too. You know, <laughs> that would be banned books validation. And that's not what we were doing. We were actually having conversations about the things that we don't like to see in books and the things that trouble us, but also the right to protect the freedom to read what you want to read, even if you don't like it. Even if other people don't like it, who who are you to tell other people what they're allowed to read? Mm. Yeah, it's one of those things. Imagine if Star Wars was appropriate content, and you <laughs> you were not allowed to to consume it anymore. Well, there there is actually a Japanese exclusive High Republic novel that came out, and a lot of people were very angry about that. So it's not. I don't think you can even get a translation for it. I think they only really, yeah. I think it's, I think it's China actually. I can't if it's either China or Japan. I think it might be China though. Um, and I know that there's a lot of censorship stuff, obviously, over with China and Disney make a lot of allowances for uh, China, and they make certain posters of certain characters cut out. <laughs> Finn, sorry, who's that? Yeah, um, and it's things like that <laughs> where they do, and they cut out certain scenes. Uh, and obviously, there was a big hullabaloo. I think it was Saudi Arabia made a fuss about. I think it was the gay kiss and eternals or one of those sorts of things. Yeah. It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, the pandering is just ridiculous. I mean, I'm one of those people who's just like, if you, if this offends any people who've been on 
bamboo thing i apologize but i just think if you are going to try and tell people to censor stuff you need to just shut the fuck up because the problem is is the issue isn't what do you censor the issue is who decides what you censor the problem is as soon as you allow anyone to choose to censor anything it becomes their agenda if you decide like i'm obviously i'm not advocating for loads of people to go out and read mein kampf because it's got a lot of problematic things in it. However, if you say that you can't read Mein Kampf because it's obviously a very extremist thing written by Hitler, and obviously that's a very problematic element, then you go, okay, well, you can't read anything to do with any other problematic people in history. And then it's, well, what do you then define as problematic? Obviously, you start at the top, you go Hitler, you go Stalin, you go, you know, the big hitters of genocide. But then if you really right. look at it, you go, well, what about Britain? And, you know, Gandhi was against us and we all hold Gandhi up in such high regard but we were the ones who oppressed him so what about famous writers in Britain at the time of what if there was a famous writer who was an advocate for some of the genocide that Britain caused are they complicit in these sort of things and if so should you ban their works and once you start asking these sort of questions and it's one of the things I've had with comedy as well because I've had arguments with people as well about censoring jokes i know ricky gervais is a very famous uh, english comic who talks about these things and it's always like the problem is as soon as you censor one joke because a group of people are offended you have to censor every joke if in south park the guys in south park say because the it's same going thing. to offend somebody exactly it's like south park had this whole thing against comedy central because uh there's an episode they did where they showed the prophet mohammed uh and they actually did it about 10 seasons prior to that an episode called super friends and you had I think Jesus and Superman and Mohammed doing mm-hmm. crazy fun things. No one had a fu- no one made a fuss. No one cared. But then, flash forward to ten years, uh, and then everyone had a fuss about showing the Prophet Muhammad. And it was they wanted to, and Comedy Central just wouldn't let them. As so a Comedy Central, they they just put a black they censored them over it. And South Park guys were not happy. They were like, "If you fucking do that again, we're going." Because <laughs> it was just, and they was it was because of fear. Obviously, a lot of things of, I, I think. The Charlie Hebdo stuff hadn't happened yet, but there was still, it was post 9 11, so there's all that sort of the worry and concern about extremists and things. And it's just like the problem is, as soon as you make an allowance for one group, you have to make an allowance for everyone. If you do it for one religious group, why should Islam be able to choose which books get banned, but Catholicism or Judaism can't or any? And that's my issue with censorship. I'm not saying, you know, there's certain books where people should maybe be dissuaded from reading or even books that maybe. You can only read in a library. You can never take it out. Maybe if there's some books that are very extreme in that, like you almost, you can't take it home. You can't do anything like that. You can only like read Like what? It. I don't know. I I don't know like enough about- the Anarchist about... Cookbook? <laughs> no, no. But you, like I have not read Mein Kampf, so I don't know what it says in it. This is an example because I'm so inept and not very knowledgeable And see, that's about... the thing. A lot of people who have are taking this offense, they haven't even read the material. Yeah. They've heard that these things present in material and thus they want it to be taken down. What you should do is read it, learn about it, and then arm yourself for a conversation about how that makes you feel and how it makes others feel and how those words have power and what they can do. But if you're not reading the material, you're not armed for the conversation. Exactly. That, that's the problem. And I have that with censorship of everything. Uh, I just think that there's a degree of, I think there should be barriers. I think there should be, you know, I'm not saying, hey, let's let little Timmy, who's seven years old, watch all the Saw films. That's stupid. You know, that's that's only going to damage them. And letting them read, like, like Mouse is probably the most controversial book I've read. And mm-hmm. it's probably the best book I've uh, ever read. And we tackled that on the uh, Comics Emotion Book Club a while ago. And I'd never even heard of it before reading it. And Megan just happened to have a copy, but she's never read it either. <laughs> uh, but that book like really was important and incredible and that is a kind of book where i'd be like right you need to probably be either quite a mature teenager or 
maybe more of an adult to read it. So as a sort of a mature 14 or 15 year old or maybe more of an 18 to 20 year old, probably to be able to read that and really learn the right things from it because there's, um, have you read Mouse? I don't want to spoil things. I have it in my closet. Okay, cool. There's a, Obviously, there's a scene, there's a very minor spoiler, but it's not really a spoiler because it's real events, but there's a scene in it where uh, Mouse is an autobiography, um, kind of. It's a biography about this guy and his grandfather was a Jew who was basically a Jew at the time of the Holocaust. I think he lived in Poland and he went into uh, concentration camps, that sort of thing, just for anyone who's unaware. And it's, it's written in a very clever way and I won't spoil any sort of things, but there is a scene where some German soldiers are grabbing children and just slamming them against walls just to kill them, just to get rid of them. Well, they're closing down these concentration camps and things, and they don't know what to do with all these people. So they're just killing them in all these horrible ways. And the specific scene, you know, they're like grabbing children by the ankles, slamming them against things. And the the graphic novel, you don't see children having that happen to them. You see one page of it and the animal the cre- the people in it are anthropomorphized so i'm not going to delve into all that because we spoke about it. check out the comics emotion book club because we delve into all that but that sort of thing i wouldn't want a 10 year old to read a book about and seeing this kind of thing happen where they're hearing about that kind of atrocity but i'm not saying 10 year old shouldn't be taught about the holocaust i'm just saying they need to be taught about it the right way it's like sex I feel like children should learn about sex, but you don't tell a five, you don't show a five-year-old hardcore pornography. You just say things like, if they ask, you go, if a man and a woman love each other very much, they give each other a special cuddle, and then babies can be made, and then hopefully that's enough for them. And then, and when they're older, they'll ask further questions, and you can, depending on the child, depending on the situation, depending on what they're asking, you can give correct information that isn't lying, but it's you know, you have to kind of read your audience. You can't, that's kind of where I'm at, where it's like, if there are certain issues and there are certain things that could be problematic, just make it so that not everyone can pick it up with a snap of the fingers. You know, it, it's, and I feel like that way with certain elements of, of I feel like- How would you do that? How would you make sure that people couldn't pick it up at the snap of their fingers? I mean, now with the internet, it's basically impossible anyway. So I, I, don't, I haven't read a book that I don't think anyone could read, <clears throat> but I- I apologize also for any listeners because I'm quite ill at the moment. So if you notice with the video version, I'm sneezing and blowing my nose and I sound all gross. That's why. Um, but I haven't read a book that's so controversial that I feel like you couldn't. But it's just just age ratings is probably the easiest way to go about it. It's just, you know, don't let an eight-year-old watch a Saw movie. But when I was 12 I, or 10, I was watching Predator and Aliens and things like that because I was fine with violence. I, so it's not even a rule for everyone. It's just a vague thing of, yeah, don't sell a child uh, a bottle of vodka because it's it's just not a smart thing to do but so you have that thing where they have to be a certain age to be able to consume that sort of thing it, it's just a way that if you are an adult you can make your own mind up you can do whatever you want or even with like south park for example at the start it's that thing the kind of warning that comes up in a sense you know mm-hmm. just everything in this is fictional parody blah don't really take it seriously at the start of the boys or game of thrones or whatever it says there's very triggering scenes in this be aware you know if you're young you probably shouldn't let your kids watch a rape scene you know things like that i'm not saying <laughs> that sort of stuff should never be i don't think anyone's stuff. making them watch stuff, or read stuff. It's just <laughs> how they find you it, it you know? like it's clockwork orange like you will watch it <laughs> oh, that's a banging movie but you know what i mean it's it's just a like parental lock I think that makes sense. If when I eventually have kids, I'll be putting parental locks on the internet and on TV. And I'm not saying right. I'm you will do watch. that. You will choose to do yeah. that. It's not your government telling you that you have to do this or forcing it on you. 
Well, yeah. No I mean, one else is telling you that you can do it. To a degree. I mean, or that you still, must do it. You can't. When I was, you know, when video games or movies are 15 or 18s or over there, I know it's R-rated, If unless you have a parent or a fake ID, a 12-year-old can't go in and watch an R-rated movie. So I don't even think they can if they have got a parent with them. But that's your government or a governmental body preventing someone from consuming a certain piece of content. But it's not saying no one can consume it. It's just saying you have to be of a certain age to do it. That's that's kind of where I stand on it. But even then, I'm a bit like, pff, when I have kids, I've argued with this with Megan. I'm like, depending on our kid, I'll let them watch Predator and Aliens when they're 12 or 13. I don't give a fuck. Like, that's what I did when I was a kid. But if I have a kid who's really squeamish and is really freaked out about that stuff, I'm not going to ch- throw them in the deep end and go, hey, on your 12th birthday, let's watch all these horrendous <laughs> films. It'll be like, let's start with Coraline. See how you deal with that. If you're freaked out by Coraline, Ride it back a couple of years and we'll try again later. If you watch Coraline and think that's the coolest thing I've ever seen, oh my God, we go to the next quite dark film. We'll try a bit of, you know, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, maybe just the things which just edge in certain elements closer and closer mm-hmm. to that and, and test the waters. You know, it's also a build up. You have to, it's like a tolerance, isn't it? That's kind of how I view it as well. You don't start with the most heinous, horrendous thing possible. You, you work your way up to it. But again, what you're saying is you do this, yeah. not someone else telling you what you're allowed to do with your child. Yeah. And by removing books from libraries and schools, you're preventing them from getting that information. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm completely against actually banning books, to clarify. I'm just saying if there are books out there that could be considered seriously problematic, that if there were a degree of restrictions in place, I'm not necessarily opposed to that, but I, could, I don't want to necessarily say I'm for or against it because I... I haven't read a book that I feel like is so problematic that if someone read it, they just go off the deep end, if you know what I mean. I I can't, because I haven't read enough literature. There is a book that comes up in our conversations that made me question my, I I would say that I 100% believe that we should not censor the books in terms of banning them. Hmm. However, a book came up during the conversations that made me, question that and reconsider that and think about that. Now, I I've still have come back to it, if we censor one, it opens up a door I don't want to open. I Who gets to decide? But I do think that people should be informed about the book so that they can be aware and make sure that their child is not reading it if you don't think that it's appropriate for your child. And it was a board book, so it's definitely geared toward children. Hmm. To me, it seems I don't understand why this book was ever made. I don't know why anyone ever published it. It is horrific. I, I don't even know the name of it. I was just, just told about it. So I'm not being vague on purpose. I don't know what it's called, but I was told what happens in the book. And it is horrific for it to be in a the way it's presented as it's as though it's okay to make someone do something that they don't want to do because they'll like it in the end. Right. That seems problematic to me. That doesn't mean it should be banned, but pe- people should definitely be aware of it so that they can make an informed decision. Yeah, it, it it does muddy waters. Once you, as you say, it's it's a it's a term that unfortunately I think this this term has been used quite a lot by some uh, individuals who lean on the right of politics quite a lot, which is the slippery slope. You know. Can't register people for guns because then we'll ban guns altogether. That's how, that's the general argument I hear in America. And I'm not going to get into a gun debate because that was a whole podcast and I'm British. So most people who 
have a strong opinion on that one. Listen to me anyway, so whatever. Um, but like, I agree. It's I just feel like nothing should be censored. I mean, I'm I'm up for the Wild West almost. I'm like, all drugs should be legal. Everything should be legal in certain ways. But with you're a libertarian, no, because libertarians are anti-government. I'm not anti-government. I just think all governments at the moment, for the most part, are quite shit. And there's not enough. <laughs> the problem is when you give lawmakers all the power and all the money, why would they ever change the laws that give them all that? That's, right. That, that's they have the no issue. motivation. Yeah. They're never going to change the system because they're the ones who benefit from the system and they're the ones who vote on and they're the ones who would change the system. So there's that's never going to, or in theory, it's never going to happen unless everything collapses and stuff. But my issue is more so, I don't think my opinion on drugs being legal, I don't think you should be able to go to Walmart and buy a pound of heroin. I think that's stupid. It's more so like the way alcohol is. You know, there's age restrictions. Everyone knows if you down a litre bottle of vodka or a litre bottle of whiskey, you will probably die if you chug that whole thing in one go or at least get very bad alcohol poisoning. So alcohol... Okay, but that's, that's a lethal thing. I don't, yeah. Do you think books are lethal? Do you no. think media no, 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 no. is lethal? No, 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 no. But in the same token, it's just... I'm not opposed to age restrictions. I'm not opposed to the idea that you either have to be of a certain age to consume a certain piece of content or you have to there has to be someone who is of that age who could buy it for you and show it to you you know that kind of thing you know as i said the argument of predator and aliens they're like 18 movies but i watched them when i was like 13 but then who gets to determine that that it's not age appropriate for you because one of these books is a middle grade book and it is banned because of references to racism and the challenging immigrant experience and those are difficult concepts that kids don't need to know why this this is stuff that's really happening to people yeah i disagree with that element as in i don't think that should be banned it, it, my thing is more just very graphic things and like you like the book you that was kind of vaguely mentioned which is like teaching kids wrong lessons you know i don't think it should be you shouldn't have a book that's for preschoolers that says if if a friend does something you don't want them to do, grab a corkscrew from the drawer and stab them in the throat. I'm like, <laughs> you should, I would probably be like, yeah, you probably shouldn't let five-year-olds read that in preschool. I, I think that's a fairly logical thing. Who votes on that? I don't know. But for me, it's kind of the, the extreme end and you kind of have to rein in. You go, okay, let's not have any, you know, let's not have people being decapitated in anything for people under the age of 12. And you go, okay, that sounds fairly reasonable, I guess. But if it's humans or is it, what about vampires? You know, and if is there blood involved, is there this? And it becomes a whole muddy water thing. I mean, it's also how things progress. Like nowadays a 12A. Vampires are people too. Well, you are, but you're the exception. You're the day walker. They're, um, they're just not food. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about context. And that's the problem. I think, it's it's very hard to judge, say, a book that has some sexual violence in compared to a book that talks about serious issues about the Holocaust. They are two incredibly different things, and they will get interpreted in very different ways by different people. Right. But there are still important things to learn. You know, you should always teach children, don't force yourself upon them, don't do this. But if an eight-year-old can't, if you have eight-year-olds who haven't been taught about sex, you can't necessarily teach them about rape immediately. You have to build them or up consent. to it. I mean, what you should be teaching is consent. Exactly. Consent. Like if, so like the, there's the video that went around, I think it probably went around worldwide, but in the UK it was very popular, which was all about, 
um, sexual advances comparing to drinking a cup of tea. And yes, it was, I did watch that. Yeah, so if anyone who's not aware, it's basically like, you know, even if you make someone a cup of tea and you put the cup of tea in front of them and they said they wanted the cup of tea and then they decide at the last minute they actually don't want the cup of tea, even if the cup of tea is made and is in front of them, you can't then force them to drink it. It's their choice to put the tea in their body. And it's the same with everything else. You wouldn't force someone to drink a cup of tea. Therefore, you shouldn't force yourself upon them. It's that sort of thing. And that idea I completely agree with. If you if you teach a child the right lesson at a young age about consent and about violence, about this thing, you don't need to go to the extreme end. You can just be base lessons to teach them. Don't translate. It scales up. That's the term. Well, one of the things, that, one of the suggestions that was made on a few of the panels was maybe having a warning section. Like these, this is what's included in this book so that you can make an informed decision. We're not going to remove the book. We're just letting you know these things happen in the book and you can choose to read the spoiler page or not because some people, they don't want to know ahead of time, but others who might be trying to decide whether this book is right for their child or not, they want to know what, what conversations am I about to have with my kid? And as much as I dislike spoilers, that seems like a fair compromise. <laughs> yeah. Because you still have the choice whether you read that spoiler page or not. Yeah. Same with trigger warnings, isn't it? There's a danger in removing information to the public. And what it does is it con- it it controls what you're allowing people to think. In fact, that's what comes up in 1984. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. It's... It- it's one of those things, yeah, I, I agree completely. I, I think it, it's like a compared to music, you know, when my first memory of it was with Eminem, you know, they, mm-hmm. in the Eminem albums, it says parental advisory, explicit content. And that's just a warning to say, look, he swears a lot and he talks about some pretty horrendous stuff. And my parents were like, that's fine. Mike can deal with that. So I was listening to songs like Kim, where he, it's like a whole song about him killing his ex-partner. Right. It's very graphic <laughs> and quite intense. And it's even now listening to him like, Jesus Christ. But, uh, you know, it, it's got the warning. Same with everything. You watch certain movies at the start, it gives you the trigger warning or whatever. That's fine. That That's how it should be. That's how I view age ratings on, on uh, movies, on video games. And yet they don't warn you if there's going to be a puke scene, you know? Like, come on. Megan's like that with teeth brushing. <laughs> She's like, why do they always have to brush their teeth? Like, can't they just show someone from the back brushing their teeth? I know what they're doing. Why is it relevant? Um... And I'm like, I'm like, well, most of the time when people brush their teeth on screen, there's no foam or anything. It's just dry brushing, which actually pisses me off more. Because I'm like, who the fuck brushes their teeth like that? Unless you're in the middle of the wilderness. <laughs> like, and you just watch them brushing their teeth with nothing on it. And I'm like, why are you even showing this scene? What is this adding? Just have them come out the toilet as with the assumption they've just done that. I don't need to see people brush their teeth. Um, but that's a whole other thing. Um, back to the banned book stuff. Your rabbit holes are fun. <laughs> If this was a different podcast, that would be interpreted very differently. Um, but <laughs> with with the band books then, so obviously you've done these seven and you've recorded all of them. As of recording this, you've recorded all of them bar one. But when this is released, all of them will be recorded and they'll be coming out daily. So do you think that you're going to do this again next year? Have you given that kind of thing any thought? I know I'm jumping the gun because no one's even listen to the other ones yet but i'm just intrigued <laughs> if this has opened up a can of worms no it it hasn't i have already been prompted to continue it next year it's like it hasn't even come out yet we don't even know if it's going to be a success or a failure yet but people are interested enough in the topic that they want me to do it again and i already have a pre-list of books to consider and more guests who maybe couldn't do it this time 
or I've realized, oh, I should have asked this person. I should have asked this person. It's just that so many people were enthusiastic about it. I had to limit the number of people on the shows because, I, you know, we could be here talking about a single book for two to five hours if we really wanted to. But I was trying to keep them closer to an hour conversation so that we were respecting people's time. So it feels like I'm very much being nudged in the direction of doing it again. And it's it's a lot because when you're joining these people from all over the world, there are some serious time zones issues to consider. <laughs> I am well aware. Yeah, well, you are aware because you've been so helpful in <laughs> letting me use your software so that I can join the, these people together without, you know, I don't have my own professional Zoom account, but that's probably going to change if I'm doing this on the regular, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it was the good thing is with you being so much time behind me that you can piggyback off mine for the most part it only gets a bit complicated when there's lots of star wars series coming out and things um but because right got, and that's about to happen it is yeah but um the good thing is we've got a few people who have got zoom pro accounts so it kind of it works in that regard uh but that's admin stuff uh but yeah it, it's one of those yeah, things but i still appreciate it i mean you were one of the people who's made it possible for me to do this you did the wonderful poster for it these are skills I don't have. Yeah. So are you really asking, am I going to have to do more artwork next year? Is that your real question? <laughs> no, I already, I've already got, um, I got a friend of mine who did some work around my house, uh, who's a contractor. And I said, I'd make him a new logo and stuff. And then Matt B. Lloyd has asked me to do artwork for a project him and Tony are doing. Um, so I'm already doing that stuff anyway. So it's, it's always one of those well, things. Well, you're good at it. I'm not bad at it. It's, it's more just, I, I have, I'm good if there's use royalty free images and I'm good at manipulation and putting things together, but I'm not very good at drawing and I don't have a graphic design tablet. So you're actually, good at manipulation, huh? I am. Yes. Very good. I'm so good. In fact, that uh, most people don't just think I'm a really nice person when I'm actually steadily manipulating people. You know, my whole thing with genuine chit chat is actually a lie. It's not honest conversations with interesting people. What it is, is it's me choosing people around the world in very, very specific points to create my own network and empire that over the following decades is going to seem yeah it's going to seem like I'm just a nice person but it's actually I'm creating a cult but people just don't realize it yet that's actually what I'm doing and I'm collecting just, them in the comics and motion discord channel that's right and I'm making myself I'm I'm doing and this is going to be the nerdiest reference ever but I'm making myself like Galen Erso in Rogue One I'm realizing, I'm like, I'm making it so people can't do this without me. I'm doing it so that you can't do podcasting without my Zoom account, without uh, without my <laughs> podcasting uh, logo creation. Help without me, Obi, Mike. You're my only help. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. it. But no, that's not really what I'm doing, just to clarify. But I said a joke to my friends. We, there's a game, uh, a card game called Secret Hitler. And it's a game where uh, you basically, it's, it's a game where you lie to people. There's, you either mm -hmm. fascists or you're liberals in the game and no one knows what anyone else is. And you basically have to, everyone's pretending to be a liberal. And the goal of the game, if you're a liberal, is to kill Hitler. And the goal, if you're Hitler, is to rise to power. It's this whole uh, card game. But it's all about lying. Um, and all my friends know I'm terrible at it. because I'm really bad because they say, it doesn't matter if you are or you're not lying. You always just, when you're in this game, you always seem to be like you are lying. So I always, I'm just, I hate playing it with my friends because I'm always the one who gets suspected first. So if I ever am Hitler or fascist, I get killed immediately. But half the time when I'm a liberal, I get killed as well. And when you get killed, you just have to wait for the game to be over. So I've just felt refused to stop playing that game with my friends now because they always think 
because they always think I'm lying. Better. Well, the thing is, I I brought it up because I said to them the other day what I'm actually doing, because all my friends think I can't lie. So they think they're like, well, Mike, I know you're terrible at lying because whenever you play these games, you are atrocious at them. So we know you could you can't lie very well. And I'm like, well, that's it's probably quite good if everyone around me thinks I'm a bad liar because then when I do need to lie, because then they won't suspect you exactly when you take over the world. That's the game. That's the game. Um, he's so confident. He's saying it right here for everyone to hear. I am. That's how you know. That's how that you is know. some Hitler stuff. I'm going to write a book about how I'm going to do this. <laughs> and then I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, but with bad books then, just sort of last thing, have, did, had you read all of these books prior to doing the, the podcast? No, I hadn't read Gender Queer. I hadn't read Front Desk. I hadn't read Stamped. And I hadn't read Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. I hadn't even heard of Front Desk, Gender Queer, or Stamped before I did this. So those are ones that were recommended, and I'm so glad I read them. I, I've enjoyed every one of the books it, for different reasons, but they all touched me in a different way. I, I mean, really, I think Harry Potter is the one I enjoyed the least. And it's one, the one that is strictly entertainment, you know? Yeah. I mean, I... I... I like Harry Potter, but I don't actually like the books that much. I don't actually like J.K. Rowling's writing very much. I read the first two, and I, where they were like first out and big and stuff, mm-hmm. and I couldn't finish the third one. And then I bought the fifth one, and the fifth one's the hardest one to read. It's about a billion bloody pages. And so I couldn't even get through the fifth one when they came out, but I got into the movies and stuff. And I, I, I do not believe... I think J.K. Rowling is a lot like George Lucas in a lot of ways, where a lot of the ideas are brilliant, but certain execution of elements aren't right for me in certain ways with George Lucas's mm-hmm. script writing and with J.K. Rowling it's just I found that when I was reading them some of the way it's written it was not for, for a book series that's so popular it's not it's not as well written as it is popular that's kind of what I'm getting at it's kind of like yeah, 50 Shades of Grey in a different way okay but that's true for Twilight I mean Twilight was yeah. very popular but those are not well written books they're extremely compelling though yeah. they do touch into an emotion but you cannot look at the prose and think that's really great. You know, like that, that great sentence. We're not going to see that. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably why. And it is one of those things. Uh, but obviously I appreciate the books and the world and the amount of kids that got into reading and stuff because of Harry Potter and stuff. And I, I, yeah, as I, said, I love the movies. I, think I was just surprised yeah. that it was the one that I liked least because, you know, it is such a popular series you would think that, all right, this this lighter one, the easy one, that's going to be the one that I enjoy the most. And no, I enjoyed it the least. Maybe it's because it's the first book and that one really doesn't have a lot to it. I mean, it it's pretty thin compared to the other books. We weren't doing the entire series. We were just doing the first one because, you know, it opens up this world of magic, which can be harmful to children, apparently. Yes. Yeah, free thinking, <laughs> and obviously the religious connotation of it at all. It's got the, the philosopher's stone is kind of like the Hobbit to the Lord of the Rings, where it's like it's great and opens up the world, but it doesn't have all the heavy lore and all this sort of other weight. No, but the Hobbit is more entertaining than the first Harry Potter book. Yes, yeah, I have not read the Hobbit. I've not read any of the Lord of the Rings books, but from what I've heard, I probably agree. You should at least read the Hobbit. It's not Star Wars. I got time. 
Okay, <laughs> See the movies. It's so you know? it's it's so narrow. The, no, the movie is a lot. The three movies. It's like there's no reason there should be three movies from that little book. No, I mean Legolas wasn't even in it. The whole love story with uh, the woman, the elf, and the dwarf, and all that nonsense. I only bad. watched the first one. I was so disgusted. The first one is the worst one, to be fair. The second one's pretty good. The extended versions are actually better. The third one extended is brilliant. Mainly, I mean, there's a lot of nonsense in it, don't get me wrong, but it's actually, over here, our age ratings are 12, 15, and 18. And the third Mm -hmm. one, extended, is actually a 15. It's the only Lord of the Rings Hobbit film that's a 15 because the final battle is so gory. It's very cool. You can watch like a scenery on YouTube if you wanted to. But, you know, I'm a simple guy in certain ways. I like that sort of thing. But I will just say to your comment about you not liking Harry Potter as much as the other ones, that's because when have you ever found the easy way to be the best way in your entire life? I don't think I have. Well, that's why. Which is evidenced by my schedule, right? <laughs> yes. Well, I've, I've never spoken with you and thought, you know what Tonya likes? The easy way out. That's, that's never yeah. the impression I get. So that doesn't surprise me. I, I could have told you that before you started reading them. But, you know, I thought I'd let you get to it yourself. Pat on the head. Condescension. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You've had a dog too long. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, but Will, um, is there any sort of further things? I know we went on a big tangent. I've actually been speaking a lot here when it's actually all, meant to be all about you. So apologies for that. But are there any sort no, of final these things? are conversations. I know. Not monologues. But that is, yeah, but I do monologue quite a lot. That's the problem. That's what I'm <laughs> apologizing for is it's meant to be more of a conversation than me just kind of waffling on. Um, but are there any sort of final notes? Um, like, for example, when you're putting this on YouTube, is that going to go on its own YouTube channel? Are you picking on the 52 Love? Where are you going to, or if you don't figure that out? I'm, I'm just going to put it on the, the Tanya Todd YouTube account. So Ms. Tanya Todd. I didn't want it to be confused with 52 Love, even though that does, it, it would reach more people that way. It's not the same theme. It's a different project. And who knows, maybe next year I will give it its own. You know, I thought this was going to be a one-time thing when I started it. So maybe next year I will create its own feed, even though it's only going to be for a week-long project. Is that what you thought when you came on my podcast? This would just be a one-time thing. And then you flash forward to a couple of years. You're like, I've done about five of my own podcasts and I'm co-hosting this. (laughs) And I've been on Mike's show about 10 times. And now I've got all these other people. I was supposed to be a guest on your show. It wasn't supposed to be a lifelong commitment to you and all of your friends, but <laughs> I couldn't help that you rocked. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually was part of a, a class last week where they were talking about how to be a good podcast guest and how to choose good podcasts and what kind of relationships can you form by being on a podcast. And it's like, well, you know, I had my own story of I'm, my publicist is the one who set this up. I had never heard of Mike. He had never heard of me. We were connected through one podcast and we ended up hitting it off so much talking about nerd stuff that you asked me to come back and just do a show about movies and comics, which was way more fun than anything I had ever done online. Like any other interview I'd ever done, that was the best. Nobody wants to talk about themselves. We want to talk about the media that we love. I think a lot of people do want to talk about themselves, like a lot. Maybe for 15 minutes, but you know, it gets old. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I, I could talk about myself a lot, but that's... Uh, that's. But I, you're not talking about yourself. You're talking about the things you love. That is you. Yeah. The, the content you consume, that, those are the bits of your personality that you share. Hmm. Yeah. 
And look what happened as a result. I ended up meeting Tony and I ended up meeting Megan. And I got just to know all of these amazing people and get connected with the entire Comics in Motion crew. How many of them are going, you know, are on my series? I've been on their shows. I've had people I know here in the States connect with you there. It's just, it was probably the best podcast experience of my life because of all of the connections. So even though I like the the show we recorded later better, I'm grateful, like I'm most grateful for the first one because look what I got out of it. You got me as an earworm for the rest of your life. (laughs) It's part of it. Once the comics emotion guys gets our get our hooks in someone, you can't get out. I warned Ada of this as well when I spoke with her and Allison as but well. But she's awesome. I know. It's it's one of the problems. It's like it, it's funny, it sounds somewhat egotistical, but like as soon as you get connected with the comics emotion guys, it's very hard to get unconnected because there's so many of us, whatever part of nerddom or fandom. But it's not just guys. Rhea is there. Well, I, like I she meant, was when the I said first... guys, I meant people. Oh, so the crew okay yeah i didn't mean to gender that i've been in styles comics in canada i stopped saying hello guys i try and say hi friends now and genuine chit chat because my mum once said you know, she nothing about the podcast because she doesn't listen to them she was like you know i hate when people call a group of uh people guys i hate that and i was like well i'm gonna have to stop doing it then aren't i so not because of my See, mom, i don't but. hate it i know i'm guilty of it but she was one of the biggest draws for me to join the discord channel yeah. So I never thought of it as jumping, joining a group of guys. It was joining this crew that included Mike and Tony and Rhea. Like those were the three big names. But, you know, I got closer to Jack as a result of it. I got to know Dave. I got to know Spider-Dan, like all of these really cool people. And they're all in the same place. It was really weird because you think there's going to be, oh, there's going to be the one creep in here that you don't want to, you wish wasn't part of the group. I, I must be me because <laughs> I must be you. that for everybody else because, <laughs> because I'm not finding that person in there. No, they don't exist yet. But I think all of us probably think we are that person. I think Spider-Man probably thinks he's that person. And I think that I often think I'm that person. And then I think Tony maybe thinks he's that person. And it's like, none of us no way. are actually. Yeah, but Tony is the greatest human alive and he doesn't think <laughs> he is. So it's one of those. I know who will listen to this as well, but I just any opportunity to talk about Tony and tell the world how great he is is just delightful um but we must end this soon because you are busy and i'm ill so uh i need to go and try and get some rest which will result in me actually just laying in bed read uh but sort of final things about uh the band books uh obviously i'll include links in the description and that sort of thing but just final things you want to say about it well a a lot of questions that i receive are what can people do to help in their own lives? What can they do to be an advocate in their own lives? And I would say, figure out something that works for you. You don't want to, you don't want to do something that you don't enjoy just so that you're doing something. You can buy banned books. You can post about it. You can leave reviews for those books that telling people what you learned from reading those books. You can start a banned book club and read them and have discussions about it. You can record yourself reading from banned books, though I would keep those short because People don't have large attention spans for that kind of thing. You know, maybe share passages that you really enjoyed from it. And you can share those videos with your audience. Or you can host your own conversations about why you read banned books and why they matter to you. That's fantastic. And I'll make sure I include links in the description to um, obviously your YouTube channel as well as uh, the podcast. Are you going to put it on podcast feeds as well? I assume you probably would. Dave said he was going to put it on the Comics in Motion feed, and Tony said he would put it on Pop Gorillas. 
Awesome. Brilliant. So obviously people could check those out. I'll put those in the description as well as anything else that uh, Tonya wants to put in there. Obviously you've got your website, uh, misstonyatodd.com. You've got yourself on social media, which is at misstonyatodd as well. Is that everything? Obviously if there's anything we forget, I can check it in the show notes after the fact, but I thought I'd say it for anyone who doesn't check those. Those are the important things. Yeah. But I like that you already know. I didn't even need to plug myself. There you are. See how good Mike is. (laughs) There's another statement which could be taken very differently if this is a different podcast. But yes, uh, delightful. Well, it's always a pleasure to speak with you uh, via recorded or non-recorded. If it was up to me, we'd be talking for the next four hours. But, you know, you're busy, <laughs> so we can't. Um, but, you know, thank you so much for coming on. And obviously, people need to check out uh, Band Books. Even if you're one of those listeners of this show and you're just like, I want more Megan. She's on the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone one. And that's probably going to be the easy entry point for most people because everyone has either read harry potter or at least heard of harry potter so i'd say that's probably quite a good one to kind of and i think is that the first episode you're releasing as well it is not okay well i've just spoiled everything then uh, how do you know have you already figured out the order and if so are you, will, are you willing to say where harry i have potter figured is? out the order you will just have to wait and see well there you go so probably check out the first episode but if you are a little bit uneasy wait a week and then tune into the Harry Potter one so you can hear Megan's lovely voice. And I won't even be there, so I won't be verbally waterboarding anyone there. And then that would potentially be a starting point if anyone is a bit apprehensive about delving into that realm just because of Harry Potter being so well known and being so everyone's at least heard of Harry Potter, at least, you know, and then you can get a vibe of what sort of questions and conversations that Tonya has. And then you can delve into some of the other books that are less familiar. But I would always say to people, when you listen to podcasts, don't just go with what is familiar to you. It's normally the the shows that you are uh, not that you kind of choose on a whim. They're often the ones that are actually the most impactful. They're often the ones that change elements of your life. They're the ones, the things you don't expect that really change you. Because normally, if you listen to something you expect, it's just yeah, that was pretty good. So and it's just validating times. what you already think. Exactly. And as Todd has already said in this, it's not not everyone agrees with everyone the whole time in these conversations. So there is discourse, which is what is needed in these sorts of conversations because we need right. other opinions and things. Uh, but thank you once again, Tonya. It's always delightful speaking with you. Uh, links to everything in the show notes. As I always say, guys, check out the show notes. I put a lot of time and effort into those uh, because people like Tonya tell it's me. show notes are the best. I will say that when I'm doing other shows and I have one of your guests, I'll just go to your show where you had them and I will copy it because you already took care of everything. I'm start charging for that kind of service because that stuff takes me ages. <laughs> when I spoke with Ada recently, she because uh, I asked her some recommendations for books and things, and she's so passionate and stuff, she gave me loads. And I was delighted, but when I was editing it, it took me about half an hour to search through every single thing and find oh, other links yeah. on the correct Oh, yeah, you need people to, to send. What would you like me to include in the show notes? That's what you want. Just send it to me and I will put it in the show notes. Yeah, sometimes. But then also with people, a lot of the time I have guests who are not as extroverted as I am. There's certain people who've not really been on podcasts as much in, and I mm-hmm. don't want to scare them off and be like, right, because I've had I've been on guests No, on I have podcast. homework for you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, come on my show, have a chat, be comfortable, and I'll sort out everything else. And that's generally... That's how I get them in the door. And then they start their own podcast and realize how much bloody work it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was grateful that 52 Love was only one year. I was grateful to do it. It was an amazing experience. I had just spectacular guests on that, including you and Megan. But it ran its course. And I was grateful to have that time to do other things. And then, you know, fill it with <laughs> with more projects. <laughs> Absolutely stellar. Well, yeah, that's brilliant, uh, Tonya. I encourage everyone to check this out. I'll share it on uh, social media and things and all of the other stuff going on. 
And yeah, guys, read more books. If that's anything to take away from this, whether banned or not, just read more, you know. Uh, to yes. quote RuPaul, reading is fundamental. Funda- I can't even talk because my nose is blocked up. Oh, that was a horrible noise. I'm going to have to cut that out. Sorry, Tonya, to hear that. Reading is fundamental. There we go. That was awful. I've been muting myself so frequently with that. And that noise was just awful. I could hear it in my own headphones. So it, like, it was like a loop. Ugh. Sorry, guys. And sorry, Tonya. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my friends, make sure you check out the links in the description so you can find Miss Tonya Todd on social media at Miss Tonya Todd. And then also you can listen to the first episode of her band books show on YouTube. It is up right now. A link is in the description to that. There's also links to Tonya's other podcast, the 52 Love podcast, which she did in 2021, which both myself and Megan appeared on. And also Megan does appear on one of the episodes of Banned Books. We did speak about it in this episode very briefly, but she speaks about Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. She speaks with two other guests, one of which has not been on Genuine Chit Chat before, but one of which has been and is a proud member of the Comics Emotion family. But once the episode comes out, I'll let you discover that for yourself. But also check out Tonya's website, MsTonyaTodd.com, and her various other appearances on Genuine Chit Chat. And if you want to find those, just type in her name and Genuine Chit Chat wherever you're listening to this, be it a podcast app or on YouTube, and you will find it because Tonya's been on the show many, many times. But what else have we got coming out? Well, next week is going to be released the first part of a two-parter conversation with Alison Shelton and Elise McCall, who created the Reburn comic. You may remember in April time, I spoke with Alison Shelton when the first issue was out, and I got an advanced copy of that, which was delightful to read. Uh, And then all four issues have now come out. I had the delight of reading them. So I spoke with Alison, who obviously wrote it and kind of started up the project with Jessica, and Elise was the artist for the four issues and also was the colour artist for the first issue. So we spoke about the project now that it's at its end. We speak about Elise's contribution and the collaboration that herself, Alison, Jessica, and everyone else involved had. It was just a really great, wholesome experience, and it's especially important for anyone who wants to support indie comics, wants to hear about how comics are made if you're not part of like Marvel and DC and some of these big comic book heavy hitters, and also just to talk to two authors awesome individuals so that's going to be the next couple weeks i've also got a recording coming up in the next week or so that is going to be a star wars conversation it's with someone who hasn't been on the show yet and it's with someone that i'm appearing on their show but that episode although it's been recorded has not yet been released so i'll give more information on that once my episode with them has been recorded and once my episode with them on their show has been released but there's so there's going to be a star wars conversation coming up in addition to that, we are starting the Andor Weekly Discussion Show on the feed of Comics in Motion. So Comics in Motion, you can find that on any podcast player, just like Genuine Chit Chat. And on there, that's where I release my Star Wars Comics and Canon show. So if you are listening on YouTube, fear not, I will be releasing those episodes of the Andor Discussion Show on YouTube as well. But they are going to be featuring on the Comics in Motion podcast feed, which is where Star Wars Comics and Canon airs too. Myself and Jack, who is one of the pop gorillas, who does Seasons Greetings, who does Back to the Filmography, and I was also in an episode of back to the filmography fairly recently a link is in the description to that where basically we wanted to do it each hosting for a week in a sense the first and last episode is going to be the two of us and then all the weeks in between we're going to have a variety of different guests so it's about 10 weeks i think in total there's 12 episodes the first three episodes drop on wednesday the 21st so aiming for the episode to be out the few days after that because that'll be after myself and jack have had a chance to watch those three episodes and then after that i think it's jack hosting then me then jack that sort of thing back and forth i can't remember exactly who starts it but i've got it written down somewhere Uh, and then i'm gonna have a variety of guests and tonya todd should be making an appearance as well 
well. Megan may be making an appearance, and then other p- previous guests of Genuine Chit Chat should be appearing as well, as well as some new individuals too. So if you are a Star Wars fan, check out my Star Wars episodes. Obviously on YouTube, they're all in playlists and things, so very easy to check out. You don't need to have read a single Star Wars comic in your entire life. The show is specifically designed to give people who haven't read Star Wars comics a good insight into the canon and an understanding of the stories that go on there without having to pick up a single one. But if you have read all the Star Wars comics, or a chunk of them, they serve as a great refresher, and I give additional information, including connected content, so planets, species, people, events that all occur elsewhere in the canon that are referenced in the comic I'm tackling of that week, and then we kind of delve into those details as well. So no matter what kind of Star Wars fan you are, no matter how much content you have or haven't consumed, Star Wars Comics and Canon is a great way to expand your knowledge of the canon, and obviously hand-in-hand with that comes the weekly discussion shows that we have been doing. We did them for Mandalorian, we did them for Book of Boba Fett, we're doing them for Andor, and then next year we will be doing them for Ahsoka. And I've also spoken to a member of Comics in Motion, and I am planning on recording an episode about Tales of the Jedi, which is going to be the six episodes um, that are going to be released in the sort of Clone Wars style. That's being released in mid-October, or mid to late October, and that's going to be three episodes about Count Dooku and his fall, and three episodes about Ahsoka, about how she was kind of discovered, and a few other bits about her too. So really Clone Wars and prequel era-centric content that I'm very, very excited for, but we will also be tackling those on the show too. So that's a general insight into what's coming up over the coming weeks. There's more stuff planned, but obviously I can't always talk about everything I have got planned. But in addition to that, please consider sharing the show on social media, rating and reviewing on Spotify, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, anywhere really that you can help promote the show really helps me out. And in addition to that, if you want to help even further than telling your friends and promoting over social media, please consider checking out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. Tonya did mention she is a patron supporter of my show, which I hugely appreciate, and she mentioned she loves myself and Megan having our conversations there. So myself and Megan release an Afterthoughts episode almost every single week. There's always an episode each week, just sometimes it's just me, but most of the time it's myself and Megan. Uh, we watch movies, talk about our thoughts on those, TV series, live performances, including Les Miserables, and Book of Mormon, and the Great British Bake Off musical, because that exists, and it was actually a barrel of fun, as well as when we've been on road trips, Isle of White, when we've been on abroad, like to Malta, all kinds of things. So if you contribute as little as £1 a month, you get access to hours and hours of additional content. There's an audio feed that you get access to once you become a Patreon supporter, so you can listen to all the Afterthoughts episodes on the desktop site or on the app, or you can copy the feed that you get given into your podcast player of your choice, and then you get all the episodes there as well. So please consider doing that because it really helps the show go. It helps contribute and helps the show keep on running because this takes up a lot of time and I do not get paid for it. It is a passion of love, but even more people getting involved, I wouldn't want you to contribute to the show without getting anything in return, so you do get early access to genuine chit chat episodes and you get access to afterthoughts as well so loads and loads of content you can't get anywhere else and there are hours of it but that's enough from me my friends thank you so much for listening as always i appreciate each and every one of you listening all the way to the very end i will speak to you next week with part one of my conversation with Alison shelton and elise mccall and as always just thank you so much for tuning in and i'll talk to you next week you have just experienced host creator everything else of genuine chit chat and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.